Uppercut Podcast. We are back. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much for listening. It's a great episode to tune into, even though we're missing two of the motherfucking hosts. We're missing Max and Jeffrey Houston. It's just me on the podcast tonight. And my co-host, Miss Courtney Potts, just got off a great dinner and some drinks. We're going to go over this coming fight fight night. Josh Emmett. (laughs) She's still a little little hyped up off the drinks and dinner. So we're going to go off coming fight night. Josh Emmett versus Ilya Teporia. That's the main event coming in at featherweight. Let's talk about it. Josh Emmett is not the 2019 to 2020 version of Josh Emmett we all knew and loved. He took two pretty bad beatings his last two bouts. He obviously won one of the best fights of, I wouldn't even say a decade, I would say of all time, against Calvin Cater. But he took a shit ton of damage that fight. Him and Cater battled like animals. Then he bounces back, goes against Yair Rodriguez for the interim title belt, and gets his ass whooped. I mean, I'm putting that nicely. I like Josh Emmett, but he got whooped really bad. He's taken a lot of damage in the last 12 months. And fighting a guy like, like maybe if Josh Emmett was fighting someone who was grappling and wrestling heavy, I wouldn't be as worried. But he's fighting a world beater in Ilya Teporia who really can hurt you. He rips you with body shots. He can grapple really well. He finishes all his combos he throws. He just, he looks like a guy in the featherweight division right now to me who can't be beat. I don't think he's going to be beat by Josh Emmett by any means. He's 26 years old. Josh Emmett's 38 years old. That has to be noted. Ilya Tapuri is just, he's just a fantastic, well-rounded featherweight fighter. I think this is going to be his real big stepping stone. He obviously manhandled Bryce Mitchell's last fight, but I think this is going to be a stepping stone. He's really going to step up actually in the featherweight ranking, step up to fight real deal. Not that Josh Emmett isn't real deal, but real deal competition after this. I think he's really going to fight the guys who are going to lead him to a title fight. I think this is going to be the biggest step in his career. Ilya Teporia is a fantastic fighter. I think me, Jeff, and Max all had Ilya Teporia. Jeff also, I'm going to hop into it right now. Jeff also, even though he's missing, had Hamby Sisters Lock of the Night as Ilya Teporia by finish, not going the distance. If you want to play that, I think it's a really good play. Ilya Teporia is really aggressive. He puts it on you early, and Josh Emmett is He's gotten finished a few times throughout his career, so I could really see this going towards Jeff's way. I, I would put a little money on that if you can. We're going to hop into the co-main women's flyweight. Amanda Hebas coming in at five foot two, 66-inch reach, facing maybe Macy Barber, 5'4", with a 65-inch reach. One thing I do believe about this fight, there's going to be some kind of shitty split decision. It's going to be controversial. If you know these two ladies and you follow them through their careers, they are known for split decision fights that end in somewhat controversial finishes. I think these two women, though, are pretty equally matched throughout the fight. Amanda Hebas holds some kind of advantage. She's a little crisper on the feet. She's a little crisper in the grappling. But Macy Barber's always got that pack-a-punch behind her, too. She can always lay you out. She holds some power. She's a little younger. Mandy Hebas is a lot more experienced fighting a, a plethora of just killers in the women's flyweight. She fights great competition. I think between that and the recency bias, I'm going to lean with her because maybe pre, I, I would probably say 
before Macy Barber's last fight, I might even side with her a little bit before fighting Andrew Lee. But her fight against Andrew Lee, Lee was very underwhelming. I think she could have even possibly lost that fight. It was a split decision that Macy Barber won, but she didn't look good in it. So I think leading into this fight, off that fight, using that as recency bias, and with the experience on Amanda Hebas's side, I, I'm going to have to ride with Hebas here. But I think this fight's going to be like splitting hairs. I think it's going to be really close. So let's hop into the heavyweight bout, third fight of the card. We have Austin Lane, former NFL guy, coming in at six foot five with an eighty inch reach, taking on Justin Taffa, six foot with a seventy four inch reach, the Samoan striker, the motherfucking Hawaiian Stein, the motherfucking, <laughs> the motherfucking lay you out, motherfucker. Justin Taffa, this was a easy NyQuil fight of the night for me. I mean, someone's going out in this fight. It, if you don't agree, fuck you, because someone's going to bed in this fight. You can make me eat my words if you want prior to the card or after the card, but I, Austin Lane stands very straight up and down. He's a big bastard. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Justin Taffa will hit you like a fucking – I mean – a tank would be an understatement. He can knock your head off your shoulders legitimately as a human. He's just a fantastic striker. Not, neither of these guys really have anything else outside of striking. Someone's going down. This is going to be a heavyweight barroom brawl. I would definitely bet this not go the distance. If it's if it's underwhelming with the odds, then fuck it. Don't bet it. But, I mean, come on here. Justin Taffa taking on Austin Lane. What else are you going to bet besides the knock of the distance? Justin Taffa is a world beater. Bet him, bet him, bet him. Next fight, we have a, heather, a featherweight bout between David Onama, Gabriel Santos. David Onama, 5'9", 74-inch reach. Gabriel Santos, 5'8", 70-inch reach. David Onama is one of them guys. He lays it on early. He's really exciting to watch. He puts it on the first round and a half, you could say. He has a lot of ways offensively to hurt you. I really like watching him fight, but my biggest concern with him is his cardio. His cardio really, really lacks. He has very, very average cardio. I mean, he's like when you try to get back in the gym, you know, you try to do a couple laps around the track, and you're like, what the fuck am I doing in my life? That's kind of what his cardio reminds me of. It's just not up to par. Gabriel Santos, on the other hand, I think he's going to kind of put it on through three rounds. I think he's going to pace himself well. I think he's going to just manage the distance well, put it on to Inama. I think this is going to be a really, really tough match for Inama. I'm taking Gabriel Santos here to get a big win. To fight to open up the main main card, we have a middleweight bout between Brendan Allen, six foot two, seventy five inch reach, Bruno Silva, six foot seventy four inch reach. Brendan Allen has been on a quite a tear as of late, and as long as he doesn't plan to go blow for blow with a bomber like Silva, Brendan has a clear advantage. I know people have brought up time and time again how low his fight IQ can be time, from time to time, but I think these last few t- these last few fights of his have proven otherwise. I think he's looked really good. I like Brendan Allen in this spot as long as he doesn't try to go blow for blow with Bruno Silva because Bruno Silva will knock your teeth out of your mouth at any moment. He's a fantastic striker, a lot of power. But I really think if Brendan Allen can get in close, his kickboxing has looked a lot better these last couple fights. If he can get in close, mix up his strikes with his grappling, 
There's no reason he can't 30-27 Silva. He should win all three rounds of this fight easily. He should really find his way in the rankings this, after this fight and fight some real deal competitors. Not that Bruno Silva isn't. Courtney? You think fight IQ or landing punches wins a fight? With this fight, I would say it's a mix of both. If you haven't watched Brendan Allen fight, he's real. He's Jeff can tell you more than anyone. He's really known for letting his fight IQ get the best of him. He puts his hand down, gets bombed on sometimes. Sometimes he eats big blows. He puts himself in dangerous positions. But I would say that's probably a little more important than landing the strikes because if he can keep himself out of harm's way and grapple without the strikes, he can probably still win. So good question coming in from my co-host of the night, Miss Courtney Potts. Next fight we're going to hop into is the prelim main event between Neil Magny, Philip Rowe, welterweight bout. Neil Magny, 6'2", 80-inch reach. Philip Rowe, 6'2", 80-and-a-half-inch reach. This is not the Neil Magny of before, just like I was saying earlier about another fighter. This is not Neil Magny that beat, you know, I just, I think Neil Magny's getting a lot of hype here because of his tenure, and I don't think that's the Neil Magny we're getting today. I don't think that's the Neil Magny that has beaten other guys. I think this is a Neil Magny that's lost to Gilbert and Shavkat. That's what I think, honestly. Courtney? So are you saying that it's time for a new generation of fighters out here? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that Neil Magny is a tenured guy who's been around the UFC for a long time, beating some talented guys. But I don't think that's the Neil Magny we're going to get tomorrow or today, whatever it Whatever time this episode drops, tomorrow, today. I don't think it's Neil Magny we're getting. Philip Rose on the come up. Neil Magny's on the come down. I don't. I can't get those two losses to Gilbert and Shavkat out of my head, and I don't think those are going to be reminiscent of what happens because Phil Rowe doesn't fight that way, but I think Phil Rowe's going to manage the distance well, really pour it on Magny, and I think Magny's going to have trouble beating fucking Philip Rowe. I think Philip Rowe gets the win here. I think he's on the up. Do you agree? I agree. I think I think the people, I think the viewers want to see, I don't even know if this is where you were going with, but I think the viewers want to see fights go longer than, like, to go the distance, go the different rounds. And I feel like what you were saying is that fights, these guys who you were saying it's not who you used to watch are, in a sense, you're betting against them to guys who are able to go the rounds. It's the stamina that's making the difference. Oh, well, the stamina means a lot in the UFC. It's because if you gas that, because if you don't make, if you can't knock someone out within the first round, then you don't make it out of the first round. You're pretty much fucked is how I see it. That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. You need the stamina. Good call. So we're going to hop into the next fight, flyweight matchup between Zaga Zumagulov versus Joshua Van. I, just based on name value here, I really wanted to pick Zaga Zamagulov, and he has a lot more experience. I, I really wanted to pick him. I thought he would have the advantage, but then I'm sitting there thinking to myself over dinner tonight, why the fuck would I pick him? He has not been good since he's entered the UFC. He's lost Every one of these striking matches he's took with every one of his opponents, he's he's just lost. He's he's flat out lost since he's been in the UFC. And all of these fights he's been in have been striking bouts. They've 
involved very low grappling, very low wrestling. I don't think Joshua Van's going to bring grappling and wrestling, so why wouldn't he win is my question to myself. He's a great prospect. He strikes very well. He has a lot of hype coming in on him. He's 21 years old. I just I don't see why he wouldn't win. I mean, maybe just experience you can give this all goss, but what, that hasn't shown to prove anything yet, so I don't know why it would change tomorrow or tonight. I just... It makes no sense to me to pick Zolgos in this position. So I'm going to ride with Joshua Van. Me and Courtney are going to go over two more fights. I'm going to go over Jeff and Max picks real quick. So we got Jamal Emmers coming in 5'8", 74-inch reach, taking on Jack Jenkins, 5'6", 68-inch reach. Jamal Emmers has a possibility to provide a lot of – or to prove a lot of problems to Jack Jenkins. He's a little longer. He can strike well. He can mix it up well. Jack Jenkins can as well. I just, to me, I think Jack Jenkins is a little bit ahead of Jamal Emmers in terms of just fighting prowess. I think he's a better fighter. I think he's going to find his way within the distance and just really start putting them kicks on Jamal Emmers at some point. And Jamal Emmers, I think, is not going to look like the Jamal Emmers we've seen when he wins. I think Jack Jenkins is just a little bit better of a fighter. Last fight we're going to talk about tonight before we hop into Jeff and Max picks. We have Cody Brundage taking on Cedric Dumas. I had Cody Brundage coming into this matchup. I think he's a little more offensively talented. I really think Cody Brundage is a good middleweight who just makes bad mistakes and maybe doesn't have the consistency that you need in the UFC, but he's he's a dangerous offensive guy. He had the jumping guillotine. He knocked out Treshawn Gore. He has a lot of ways to hurt you, but I know Courtney's on the other side of the fence, so I'm going to ask her why. Yeah, Cedric the Reap over here. I think he's going to bring it. I think, you know, he's he said before that just fighting someone really does it for him. So I think he's going to bring the energy, the stamina that we just talked about. And, you know, I think he, it does it for him. He's going to do it for the viewers and he's going to bring home the win. So Courtney is opening the card tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, at 1130 a.m. in Jacksonville, I believe, with her lock of the night. Well, I guess you call it the day. Cedric Dumas beating Cody Brundage. That's her lock of the day tomorrow. Pay attention to that. If she hits it, she's getting a good check tomorrow. Good pick. Wish I cash app handle off, you know, off the dome. I could throw it out here, but I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> Courtney's, yeah ca- <laughs> Courtney's lock of the day was Cedric Dumas beating Cody Brundage. Let me go over it. Mr. Hammy Sosa's picks. Hammy Sosa's lock of the night was Ilya by finish. That was his lock. He said, take Ilya, not only take Ilya, but take him by finish. He had Barbara Taffa, Anama, Brendan, Magni, Randy Brown, Rebecca, Jillian, Zalgosh, Trevor, Jack, and Cody. Max had Tuporia, Barbara, Taffa, Santos, Allen, Magni, Brown, Rebecca, Robertson, Zalgosh, Marshall, Jenkins, Brundage. And we will keep you guys updated with how the picks go this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Courtney Potts for coming on as a co-host today. Really appreciate you guys listening. Thank you.